Uh, we have just finished a series called uh, A Better Way. And if you didn't get a chance to catch any of the messages, really encourage you to get onto YouTube or to the Facebook page and, or our podcast and take a listen to them because it will really help you just setting up for next year, just learning the rhythms of how Jesus lived, the way that he lived, learning how to not be so distracted, uh, living at our place of rest. Also, wasn't last week beautiful, just the song Tanner did at the end talking to Jesus, how prayer is just a conversation with a friend. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And uh, so that's the end of the series. I don't think I've ever preached five weeks in a row, but because we're having a worship event tonight, we didn't want to mirror the services. So uh, the, the, the thinking was to kind of let's just share a few thoughts around worship and around Thanksgiving, and then we'll have communion together. I hope you haven't sat on your communion, by the way. Just if you did, you, you're going to have a red bum, okay? Because uh, we'll bring those out in a moment. Um, but also, can I just, uh, before I get going, just clarify something. I apologize. Something said last week that caused a little bit of confusion. Even my wife nudged me and said, oh, some people might get, take that wrong. Uh, in terms of Thanksgiving, um, I, I was saying last week that South Africans have adopted a lot of the American traditions like Halloween and some of the other things. Um, and it might have come across that I think we've, like, we personally have adopted Halloween. Uh, I personally uh, have some issues with it. I don't want to get into a theological discussion about it, but for me it's a little dodgy. So I haven't adopted Halloween. The church hasn't adopted Halloween. I think generally as South Africans, we have adopted a lot of the things from America. We've got Black Friday coming up. We've got Cyber Monday, all those things. And I was just saying that for us as a people, I think it'd be good to adopt something good out of America, which is Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving, it really is a celebration of the harvest. It's also a celebration of all the good that God has done in the year. So just to clarify that, okay? So, um, because sometimes when we communicate up here, we speak fast and hard, and sometimes it can come out maybe in the wrong way. Um, and this uh, week coming, our home groups are getting together and they're having Thanksgiving dinners and really want to encourage you, maybe early next year when we kick off our home groups again, encourage you to be part of a group, an interest group, a home group, amazing community that you can find there. And I know many of the groups are going to be getting together this week and having a Thanksgiving dinner. So that's that on Thanksgiving. One of the things that we've been passionate about as parents, and I'm sure you have as parents, is to teach your kids to say thank you. It's a mission. It's like a lifelong thing. It takes long. Some kids pick it up quicker than others, and there are even some adults that still haven't got used to the fact that you should say thank you for anything that has been said to you or done for you. Is that right? We've got some old school parents here saying, preach at Hilton today. Please, can you preach it? Seriously, I am so surprised how often people don't say thank you. It is such a powerful, powerful word. And for us as parents, honestly, we would get so embarrassed if our kids were given something, especially when they were out with other friends, like taken for dinner or given a gift and didn't say thank you. Honestly, that would be my worst. Like we have tried and uh, maybe you have given my kids something and they haven't said thank you. That would be my worst. You know, I, I want them to have gratitude. I want them to have a grateful heart. And maybe they even have that, but to actually voice it is so important. So I've used different tactics uh, throughout our kids' upbringing. More recently, Jonah, who is now nine, um, to teach him to say thank you. So I would make his tea most mornings and he would have like a, a little sippy cup thing, okay? I'll use this bottle kind of just to illustrate. And I would give him this tea and then he would start sipping the tea and I'd say, say thank you. But because he's so engrossed in sipping the tea and his eyes are like glazing, you know, you know the morning tea for, for, for little babies, you know? And he's just, and eventually he would take a breath and go, thank you, and then start sipping again. But I started to get irritated because I used to wait for him to start saying thank you. So I'd give him the tea and then I'd wait and then like walk away and then he wouldn't say thank you. And I said, say thank you. 
Thank you, Dad. And then you carry on sipping his tea. But he just wasn't getting it. When I say like six months, he would not say thank you out of his own will. I think thank you has to come from you. It can't be initiated from me, the giver of the gift. Like when we've taken our kids to dinner or something like that, I get in the car and I get impatient because I'm like, I haven't heard a thank you yet. Say it straight away. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Any other parents just saying, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Guys, what do we do? Should we just have like a prayer circle at the end for all parents? So what I started to do with Jonah is I would give him the tea and then I would hold it. And he would try and take it and I would hold it tighter and he would try and take it. And then I'd say, say thank you. Then he would take it and say, say thank you. Then next day I hold it. He would try and pull it, hold it, try and pull it, say thank you. Then he would take it. Eventually it got to a place where as I put it in his hand, when he went to pull it, I would hold it and then he'd go, thank you. I was like, yes, we have finally, the initiation is coming from him, even though I was holding it. Guys, when I tell you now, this is another six months, okay? Now, when I put the tea in his hand, he says, thank you. Praise God for that. Okay. It takes time. And I just find it bizarre because when you look at the word of God, it is full of scriptures of just being grateful to God. And that's where worship starts. I love the way Eugene Peterson in the message uh, has kind of interpreted the scripture. Psalm 100 from verse one to five. He says, on your feet now, applaud God, bring a gift of laughter, sing yourselves into his presence. That's what we've just done. Know this, God is God and God, God. So just in case you missed it, okay, God is God and God is God, okay? You don't need much more than that. He's God, okay? He made us, we didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep, and then I love this, enter with the password, thank you. Some versions say, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise. But he puts it like this, enter with the password, thank you. I won't tell you what our password was for our band whenever we traveled and we were in hotel rooms, we, there was a password, you know, if it was room service or, or something else, you know, there, there was a password that we used to say. But it was pretty uh, humorous, but I won't tell you that. Anyway, um, so enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him, just in case you forgot <laughs> that the password is thank you. Thank him, worship him, for God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and forever. He's just reminding us why we need to thank him. He's amazing. And do you know that in the Bible, there's this one word for praising God, and I know some of you heard me uh, teach on the, the seven Hebrew words to praise. I know our band have heard it a million times. But there's this one word for praise that we read in the Bible which refers to a thankful type praise. It's kind of like if I had to say to Ed, I love you, Ed. Kirstie's not going to get worried because he should be loving Kirsty. That's They have an eros love, right? Okay, I've got a, uh, is it a filier love? Friendship love for Ed. No more than that, trust me. Okay, so, so, but I love Ed, okay? And I love all of you, but I love my wife differently to the way that I love all of you. Same as with the word praise, there's so many different meanings. And one of the word for praise that we often read in the Bible, in fact, 111 times, we read this word, praise the Lord, it refers to this type of praise. And that word is yada, Y-A-D-A-H. And the meaning of yada is a lifestyle of thankfulness. 
Notice, it's a lifestyle. It's not just, oh, thank you so much, God. It's a lifestyle in every area, every aspect, every second of every day. It's a lifestyle of thankfulness. Now, something very interesting, and I, and I did a little bit of study on this word, even further study, because I've studied these seven Hebrew words many, many times. But one of the things that they often do with uh, context of like uh, Hebrew words and old words is they, they obviously give you pictures for what it means. But one of the things they also do is give you what it's not. So it's like an opposite. Does that make sense? So last week I said, let me tell you what prayer isn't. It's not a spiritual negotiation. That was one of the things. So it's helpful for us to understand what it's not. And it was super, super interesting. It says, therefore, according to the lexicon, the opposite meaning of this yada is to bemoan, discontent, and the wringing of hands. And I felt this super interesting. And I love to study things and find out why they work. I used to take apart my control cars when I was a kid and then they wouldn't work because I, I found it hard works but I couldn't put it back together. But remember a few weeks ago I was telling you about like why we whistle. You'll never see a sad person whistling. It's this natural rhythm that we have. Like it's a melodic rhythm that comes out of our mouth and it normally is when we're happy and we've just got time on our hands. And when it comes to this opposite of Yadah, it spoke about the wringing of hands. And here's a picture of someone wringing their hands. There's multiple ways to wring, the, to wring your hands. But I don't know if you've ever thought about this and why we do it or found yourself doing it. I hope you're not doing it right now in church, <laughs> wringing your hands, okay? But it's amazing how the human body has these natural things that we do to try and take control of situations. Listen to the, a little bit about the wringing of hands. The wringing hands, body language gesture, is where a person squeezes one hand with the other repeatedly or alternatively or both. Usually the knuckles of one hand get pressed between the palm of the fingers of the other hand. Other times, the person rubs their entire hand as if they were washing it. In other cases, only individual fingers get rubbed. The person usually has one or both hands in a cup position when they do this gesture. Oftentimes, their hands might be clasped together with interlaced fingers. This gesture shouldn't be confused with rubbing palms together back and forth repeatedly, which shows excitement and a positive expectation. You know how we do this? Yeah, you know, we're going to eat something nice. This is, <laughs> Edward, forget about lunch, okay? But it's the wringing of hands. Now, do you want to know why we do this? This gesture is done by a person who's feeling uncomfortable. Stress, nervousness, frustration, or anxiety may be behind the discomfort. Usually it's anxiety. It's self-pacifying pacifying gesture aimed at restoring a sense of control and comfort. Interesting, it says it's trying to restore a sense of comfort and control. It's as if the person is trying to say, it'll be okay. Since anxiety is the common reason behind this gesture, we can expect to observe this gesture in anxiety-provoking situations. And anxiety is often triggered when we're waiting for something that's important to us. And imagine a person waiting outside the operation theater in a hospital. Their loved one is being operated on uh, inside the theater. And as they wait anxiously outside, they might keep wringing their hands. Other uh, anxiety-provoking waiting situations where this gesture is likely to occur are a patient waiting in the dentist room, Colin Edmonds. For those of you who don't know, Colin hates uh, dentists. He actually has to take sleeping pills before he goes and his wife has to carry him. Um, or a person waiting for a date. Maybe you haven't been on a date in a long time. A student waiting their turn to speak. That can be the most terrifying thing, you know, before you get up to do something. 
um, you know, uh, I was just telling to you earlier before worship, you're like, I'm so nervous. It's like that, that, oh, maybe you started wringing your hands. Um, it can also be a student waiting to answer a tough question in an exam. And anxiety is accompanied by a loss of control. The person cannot control the outcome of an important impending event. So they restore some degree of control through the ringing motion. They can control the amount of pressure they apply to their hand and when. This makes the gesture an effective means to feel in control in the face of uncomfortable situations. Isn't that fascinating? Why we do that? Maybe you haven't even thought about why we do that. But I started to see some glaringly obvious things here. You see someone being overwhelmed with some type of fear or anxiety or, or stress and then trying to take control of the situation by pacifying the situation. And I know it's maybe this inbuilt body thing that we do, but it's ineffective. It, it helps a little bit, but it doesn't change the outcome of the situation. Now, when you look at the word yada, now remember, wringing of hands is the opposite of what this word means. And now you can start to get a sense of where we're going when it comes to this word. This word yada is a verb, and the root meaning of this is to throw out your hands, to give thanks, to confess, to worship with extended hand. That's why we actually worship with our hands in the air. I know sometimes people think happy clappers are crazy. It's a bit weird. These others have got their hands in the air and it's all a little bit strange. But let me show you something. I believe that God has designed humans to have this natural thing, just like he did maybe the, the ringing or people use the ring of hands, but there's this natural thing that humans have to throw out hands in praise and adulation. Let me prove it to you. Here's a couple pictures you'll see at any concert. This is not a worship event. This is a concert. Anyone been to a concert lately? No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hands go up. Hands go up, right? Look at this. I've been in a crowd. I remember watching U2 and I went to Coldplay. It was incredible. Soccer City in Joburg. Oh, 90,000 people all with hands in the air. Incredible. I think there's another one there. This I took... This was the last rugby game, uh, Springbok game at uh, the stadium. And I know what you're looking at. Um, uh, South Africa versus New Zealand. And I love the guy top right. I mean, he is just <laughs> awesome. And there's this guy here. I've since discovered his name is Marcus. He didn't seem excited. I don't know why. Uh, sometimes he surprises us uh, and he comes in longs, although that's only been once. He always has shorts and slops. Uh, it can be the coldest day of the year and he's in shorts and slops and I got to meet him. His name is Marcus. He's a legend. I don't know what he was upset about, but I have seen him shout at the ref and I have seen him shout at the touch judge before. <laughs> but if you notice something, there are arms up in the air. No one told them to do it. They just do it. When, a, when you score a try or a kick goes over, I know some of us had our arms up in the air yesterday and then we had our arms down and wringing hands uh, when they won by one point again. Uh. But you can see there's this natural thing that God has designed. One of the pictures they give for this word is the throwing of an arrow. So it's like just hitting a target there, hit a t hitting a target there. It's kind of like, God, thank you for that. God, thank you so much for that. God, thank you for that. It's almost like Oprah. You get a car. You get a car. You get a car. You know what I mean? Um, but that's the picture that they give for this word, yada. It's beautiful, isn't it? Now, just very quickly, and then we're going to wrap up. Four um, examples that we see this word praise. So when, you, when we see the word praise the Lord, it refers to yada praise. So 100, Psalm 145.10, it says, all your works praise you. All your works give thanks to you, basically. You, Lord, your faithful people extol you. 
2 Chronicles 20, verse 21 says, give thanks to the Lord. So that word thanks is give, give praise, but it's been translated to thanks, which is your dar praise, for his loving kindness is everlasting. So we say, thank you, God, for your loving kindness over my life. Psalm 63, 1, so I'll bless you as long as I live. I will yadah, I will praise, I will lift up my hands in your name. That's why we do it, because we see it in the word of God. And because you have blessed me and you've blessed me with my life, thank you, God. I will lift my hands in your name. Psalm 107, 15, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, that we would yadah, the Lord, for his, that we would thank him, we would be grateful for his goodness. God is a good God, even though we don't see it sometimes, but he is a good God. It's the same as with a parent-child relationship. The child might not always look at your parents and say, you're good. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? But the parent is always good. The tensions and their heart for their children is always good. They might maybe have a bad day, not saying a God has a bad day, but for us as humans we do, but we might discipline, we might correct, and that can be interpreted as you being ugly to me. I remember sometimes when we would discipline our kids. You're being so ugly to me. No, no, we're not being ugly. We love you, but we're disciplining you. Does that make sense? Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. All the works that God has done. This uh, word, Yadah, to sum it up, basically is gratitude for everything God is and God does. And because God is God, we should be grateful. It's that simple. Because God is God, we should be grateful. Kind of like when you give your kid, they're expecting something and you give them, they want 100 bucks and you give them 10 rand. You still be grateful. Does that make sense? Or, or maybe they had their heart set on something. You still be grateful. There is nothing worse. Actually, I remember one of our kids being disciplined on their birthday once. It was very hard for me to do, but they had to be disciplined because they weren't grateful because they, got, they didn't get something that they were expecting and they weren't grateful. And I taught them, I had to teach them a very valuable lesson that day, you can be grateful. And I've tried to teach them because you will get gifts from people that you maybe don't want or you don't like and you can't show it on your face. Just be grateful, not be fake, but thank you so much, I really appreciate it. You can say that with earnest, like a true heart. You might not desire it, but you can still be grateful. How many of you are gonna play this to your kids later today, this message? You're like, Kids church, is there a line upstairs there? I don't know. And then just kind of, as I'm gonna start, come to a close here. Um, I read this last night, very interesting. The power of thank you. Listen to this. In the spirit of thanksgiving, this guy was just saying how you'd love to share the two most powerful words, and it's thank you. There are two words that have the power to transform our health, happiness, athletic performance, and success. Research shows that grateful people are happier and more likely to maintain good friendships. A state of gratitude, according to research by the Institute of Heart Math, listen to this now, also improves the heart's rhythmic functioning, which helps us to reduce stress, think more clearly under pressure and heal physically, just because we're grateful. You, you find people that can be so sick, but they're still grateful. So grateful that they've got another chance to live, another chance to breathe. And it, they, they've proved it. The Heart Math Institute proved it, that it helps our rhythmic functioning of our heart and reduce stress and to think more clearly under pressure. Isn't it amazing? It's actually psychologically impossible to be stressed and thankful at the same time. When you are grateful, you flood your body and your brain with emotions and endorphins that uplift and energize you rather than stress hormones that drain you. Because how many of you know when you stress, you feel tired? 
You feel drained. When you're grateful, the endorphins are released in your body. God designed it that way because we're meant to be living like that and it actually energizes you. Gratitude and appreciation are also essential for a healthy work environment. In fact, the number one reason why people leave their jobs is because they don't feel appreciated. A simple thank you and a show of appreciation can make all the difference. Gratitude is like muscle. The more we do with it, the stronger it gets. In this spirit here, um, he, he, he talks about how in the spirit of Thanksgiving this year, there are four things that he encourages them to do. And very quickly, take a daily walk or a run and just speak out of your mouth, thank you. Just as you walk around, whoever you're with, your family, your friends, your spouse, often when I'm running, I'll just, I don't know, it might sound really weird, but I'll just, just speak out things I'm grateful for. The one time, I'll never forget, I was listening to a worship song running down AB Road and the song and the words were just overwhelming and I just lifted my hands in the air and I'm like running, you know. <laughs> cars driving past. What the heck is that acting? That's an interesting running style. But take a daily walk and just say thank you. Another thing, at mealtime, when you sit with your family, your friends and particularly Thanksgiving this week and coming up through Christmas, just Say thank you to people around you. Maybe even share what you are grateful for, what God has done in your life, just to say thank you so other people can enjoy that appreciation. Um, another thing that they encourage is, is a gratitude visit. Uh, what they were actually saying is, go visit someone you haven't seen in a while, or maybe it's an old relative or a friend. And what they were suggesting, if you're d diligent enough to do this, actually write a note of how that person uh, how you appreciate the person and you go sit with them, have a coffee with them and then read out the notes. Because sometimes when we get to those situations, we, we're too nervous to say something or maybe it's going to come out wrong or maybe we're going to cry or whatever it is. But just to read out a note of what that person means to you in front of that person. Isn't that amazing? And then the last thing, they said, just say thank you at work. Write little thank you notes. Thank people that you work with. And obviously for those of you maybe not in a work environment, you can even do it for your, for your spouse. Um, or for, you know, your kids. I, I, I'll never forget this. Uh, oh, it's a pity I didn't bring it today. But in my Bible, I've kept it there. It just says thank you on it. And Jin left a gift in my car once. Just a small little gift and a little note. Just written kind of scribbly, thank you. And I've kept that note. And it's in my Bible. And those things are so important and so meaningful. So that's my message today, really. I told you it was going to be a very short little uh, 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 preach. And, but what I thought we would do now is take an opportunity to be thankful. And Jesus gave us something to do. Uh, and he said that just before he died, he wanted us to practice this, this heart of gratitude where we are grateful for what he did for us. And we haven't been able to do communion the same way as we normally do because of COVID. Um, you know, you can imagine everyone sharing a cup that wouldn't go down so well. But I know we used to have all those other little cups, but just for a health point of view, we weren't able to do that. And... Um, We've got these as well, but we, these are quite expensive, so we can't do it every week, although Miracle Meal donated these to us. So thank you so much to Miracle Meal. He's a friend of mine who owns this business, and how's this for timing? In 2019, he, he moved over to America, or he's now back in South Africa for a while, to set up Miracle Meal. How's that for timing? <laughs> so God knew what was going to happen, and this thing has just taken off around the world, sell it all around the world on Amazon. Families now buy it, churches buy it, and it's a, it's a real uh, safe way to have communion. But... Um, just incredible that we can take this opportunity just to take the time to remember what Jesus did for us and to say thank you. And I want to encourage you guys to take communion whenever. We can do it whenever. We don't have to have Miracle Meal. We don't have to have red wine, although some people like to have red, red wine. 
Um, but we can do it with grape juice or whatever, you know. It could become very expensive if we had communion every day with red wine, although some of you already do that. Um, <laughs> just remember to say thank you to Jesus when you're sipping on your wine. Because by the third, you won't, you know. What do they say? Uh, red before white, party all night. White before red, straight to bed. Is that a saying? Can I just quickly read uh, Luke 22, just to remind us, and uh, then we're going to take communion together. Luke 22 says, When the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its uh, meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Amazing how he patterned this for us. He gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, take this and share it among yourselves. For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. He took, imagine how good that wine would be when the kingdom of God comes. It would have matured for a long time. Anyway, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Again, gave thanks. He didn't just thank God for the wine. He thanked God for the bread. Such a good reminder. We thank God for everything and we thank people for everything. Oh, not, oh, I already thanked you before. Just you keep on thanking. You can't say thank you enough. He said, take this and share it among yourselves. Oh, sorry. I got confused there with my space. He took some of the bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took another cup of wine and he said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people on agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And some versions say, do it as often, just as often as you like in remembrance of me. And what I'd like you to do, and those joining us online, maybe you haven't a chance to uh, get ready, uh, but just run off now. Go grab some grape juice, grab some bread. Uh, if you can't find grape juice, I don't know, grab any juice. Um, but we're going to take a moment. But before we take it, um, just take a moment before we do it together. And we're going to start a song in a moment, and that's where we'll take it together. But just take a moment. Just think about what you're grateful for. You might even, if you come with a spouse or a friend or someone next to you, you might just want to share with them what you're grateful for, uh, what you're grateful to God for. So let's, let's take a quick moment to do that now, and then we'll take communion uh, in, a, in a minute.